Welcome Home Radio Podcast. Are you looking to buy or sell your home? Our team is here with answers to guide you through the buying and selling process. We encourage you to ask questions. Please comment on this show or visit us at welcomehomeradio.net for more information. Bringing real estate, lending, and education together in one place and to help you make the right home decision for you and your family. Here are your hosts, Blair Thomas, Tom Holm, Alan Pace, and Jeff Duffy. And welcome to Welcome Home Radio, May 24th, where real estate, lending, and learning come together. We have a lot of builders out there giving off builder incentives. Building is going to continue. We hope it can catch it up to the demand. But what an opportunity to talk about these incentives. And one of the key things is seller credit. Now, you can receive incentives like new appliances, upgrade brick. There's a lot going on there. But whenever you receive an incentive for seller credit, for cash on the barrel, to help pay closing costs, to help do, are you getting the best deal possible? Are they requiring of something of you? Are you missing out on something? We want to discuss those and, and any other aspect of this that we can come up. But I want to welcome Tom and Alan. How are y'all doing today? Howdy. Howdy. Tom, you doing okay? Super duper peachy king, hunky dory. Just peachy king, not cherry pie? Well, I saved the peach for Alan later. Okay. Okay. Alan likes pie. <laughs> I especially like pecan pie for those that are listening. Yeah, but for me. Name a name a pie I don't like. <laughs> Three point one four coconut 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 pie. Coconut I do not like banana though. Mm. Boston cream. Mm. <laughs> are those, okay. are those the incentives builders are giving us to buy? No, their well, they're not giving free pies out yet. Oh man, I'm sure they'll get there. I think we came along with something they might try to steal from us. But you know, sure. the word pie kind of goes with dough, and we're about to talk about dough, so let's go. <laughs> okay, and builder incentives. We have builders out there building homes, selling homes, and, of course, it's they're far behind. Right now, the supply is way behind the demand. Uh, we're seeing builders give a lot of different incentives, but one of the ones, when you get an incentive like a seller credit, that means I'm going to give you $10,000 when we close toward your closing cost. This is a concern to me. And Tom, I brought it up to you about this on a on a situation. One, because this builder required them to use a, a certain lender. They could not use anybody like the market and like the policies are. It required them to use a certain lender. Talk to us about the issues, the opportunities that are coming with this challenge situation and decision by a buyer to accept a credit if these requirements are there? Well, I think the, the biggest distinction to understand is if a builder is requiring a lender to be used to give you incentives, the way it's looked at from the standpoint as far as competition and free trade is concerned, the way the state looks at it is that you can choose to go somewhere else and find another house. 
And it's not considered a constraint of free trade. If I say I'm the builder, you got to use XYZ lender. And the, the big deal here that is um, uh, the, 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 the really biggest emphasis here is as far as it all being above board is that the costs that are being paid for as incentives by the builder are truly documented costs on the closing statement for the borrower. And as such, it is coming out of the builder's pocket to offer those incentives, those inducements. So if the accounting part is all copacetic, it doesn't even matter if I'm the builder and I own a 50% interest in the mortgage company, which often is the case. Say, well, well, time out. Say that one more time, please. That as the builder, I will normally have 49 to 51% interest in the mortgage company through an LLC that was created to give us a centralized profit center. So in other words, you're paying for these things as the builder but you have an ownership interest in the mortgage company that's being required to be used. And that's, that's one of these very gray area things that CFPB was supposed to look at about six, seven years ago. And the dogs were called off at that time. And they said, no, 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 no. Let's, that would be too much constraint of free trade if we went after the builders and made them actually be held totally accountable to make sure there's no double dipping in this environment. But that's double dipping multiple no, times over. Theoretically, it's not because they create the LLC and their buyers have the choice of saying, well, I don't want to use that mortgage company. I'll just pay for everything myself. Well, often when you go to, you know, when you go to a closing with a builder and your client, the builder, the lender, and the title company are all in the same building. And yeah. so if you're a buyer and you don't do this all the time, you're just thinking it's a net business and whatever I got to do. And that's kind of where they, they get people, you know, and you, you try to give them advice, talk to your lender, <laughs> get the best deal. And then like, I think somebody was saying earlier, you, you don't always use all the money they're giving you. Um, it's for certain things and a lot of people don't use the certain things. And so, you know, you might get $2,500 for upgrades. Well, I got my own refrigerator. I just bought it at home Depot, you know, six months ago. I don't need a refrigerator or, but if you don't use the money that you can only use for certain things, it's really not money you can use. So if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. Exactly. Thank you, Tom. That's exactly what I meant. I've, so, I've been hearing that for 60 plus years. So yeah. <laughs> so, but Blair, it's really confusing for the average person to go, you know, they drive by these buildings and says title and builder and lender. They're all right there. The people that visit the building drink out of the same coffee and the same you know, donuts and stuff they have for all their clients. And there's real no separation whatsoever that I can see once you get into those buildings. They might, they got different offices, but, you know, I'm not a lawyer and the LLC thing is 
legal stuff, but I'm sure they wouldn't do that if they thought they were going to get in trouble with anybody. <laughs> and I don't think they feel like they are breaking any rules. Oh, I think they know they're breaking rules, but the bottom line is I don't, I don't think anybody's putting pressure on them. They're not losing business. They're not being investigated and they're not being held accountable. And because bar buyers are the ones that have to hold them accountable. And if they're not strong enough or they don't have the time or the knowledge, they're not going to be able to, they just want their home. Think, think about this in, in, in a perspective of 2008. In 2008, we knew the housing market was in free fall. It was in total collapse and builders were basically getting hit a gut punch harder than just about anybody. But in 2008, SAFE Act comes along and then 2010 follows with the Dodd-Frank. And at that point between 2008 and 2010, there was not a builder out there that had any of these ABA ownership LLC circumstances that they permitted to keep. Uh, Wells Fargo had more than uh, 3,000 of these nationwide, and they called up every builder they had uh, an ABA with, an affiliated business arrangement with, and said, we're dropping this in 30 days. So think about how much was there that was immediately dropped and discontinued because of fear that they might be caught. And today we know, since about six, seven years ago, nobody's worried about that. The question's not asked by a group. And it's nothing an individual borrower can go do anything about. It takes a governmental agency, a watchdog agency, to go and look into this type of stuff that has the capacity and power and subpoena abilities to go and get the documentation to see if it's all being treated accurately, fairly, and it's benefiting the consumer. But if you think about it and go back that to that time frame in 2010, why did everybody not do it? And then suddenly, well, let's go back and do the bad things we used to do to make things more expensive for borrowers, possibly. Well, it may not. It, it may make it more expensive, but it also makes them more profit. So, well, that's of course so both both of those things working together. Let's balance that scale. <laughs> and and she's blind. I remember. There we go. Well, the opportunity is understanding it, and and Alan brought it up. Tom is I want to help educate our listeners to look at these costs and realize. Give us some examples of these things that if they don't use it, you lose it type process. I mean, because not every time is somebody being charged with flood insurance or uh, an existing title or expanding title policy or whatever it may be. What are these things that you've seen being happening on these contracts, these seller credit being used or, or put on? And that you perceive that you receive this benefit, but then it doesn't really happen. And and say again the the Wait, question. Give us some examples of those things that are not happening, like what they oh. need to look at. What does a realtor need to look at to be aware of 
and saying, look, uh, this, this is not going to be this much, and they're not going to spend all of this money on this, and it's not going to be able to go anywhere else. Well, the thing about realtors and their positioning on this is they're going to try to stay away from numbers probably more than they would like to simply because they don't want to be dragged under the bus with misquoting things. What a realtor, the best suggestion I would give them is if they're going to go sell a new home to one of their clients and these incentives are there, they still have a best bud lender, a.k.a. maybe Blair Thomas, the alumni lender VA specialist that Alan knows from somewhere and goes to them and says, look, here's the closing sheet. Here's the LE from the lender themselves. This is the contract that says they get $10,000 worth of financial incentives. That's over and above the $15,000 of upgrade they gave them. That's a, and it should include another $4,000 towards buy down. We understand the numbers when we're lenders. And when we get down to that detail, that borrower, that buyer of that new house needs a second opinion. It's just like me going into my doctor the other day, telling him my knee hurts. And he goes, well, we need to replace your hip. Well, guess what my follow-up call was to another doctor? <laughs> I mean, you're going to replace my hip? Well, you already did the knees and they're hurting already. So what about my hip? Would that just make things more intensely bad? So the getting the, the realtors, I, I hate to put them in a position where they are good at analyzing that unless they've gone to some special classes that we do offer in the business out here. We'll offer, you know, two hour classes or uh, uh, bacon lunches, lunch, lunch and learns, whatever they call them. And um, <laughs> we're offering those different opportunities for them to get better um, versed in what's what they're seeing on CDs and LEs, but I still think it relies on that relationship of a good realtor is going to take their borrower's information or not take the borrower's information, tell their borrower, look, call this lender and just have them look at it. You're 30 days out from closing. Here's your, you know, your LE. Let them look to make sure the monies that you're supposed to be incented and given are appropriately accounted for because, you know, if they promised me $4,000 worth of buy down, which builders are doing a lot of nowadays, or I've seen builders incentives of $10,000 on a buy down on a house. Now this is a million dollar house, of course. So it doesn't quite in perspective mean as much as the normal, but that $10,000 in builder incentive for buy down, the actual loan that was getting, they weren't using that entire amount. They were using closer to $7,000, for the buy down. And it was like, you know, where's this rest of this money going to be credited to you? Because they're not going to give them a check after closing and say, oh, I'm sorry, we didn't give you enough. Here's your money. That's first off illegal. And so, I can't believe they're not going to give me change. I'm just. Yeah. And here's your change. We'll leave it in a brown paper bag on your new doorstep when you come home. 
You know, there's something very important that you said that I want to make sure our audience is hearing and and it, it is critical for, for a key reason. One, you said you want an LE, a loan estimate. Now, why is that important? I can get a quote. A quote does not hold the builder accountable. The quote can be changed. An LE, a loan estimate, can be held accountable. It cannot change dramatically from start to finish. So always ask for a loan estimate. Do not ask for a quote. Ask for a loan estimate. That's going to show them charges. That's going to show you how much. That's going to be able to break down where that money's going. And I can compare that with an existing LE of, of another lender. You can actually put them side by side and see the cost structure. But you can also ask, where is my, where's that 10000 that you promised me going? So... If you take anything away from this show, want this is the key point, always ask for an LE, a loan estimate, not a quote. Because a quote can be changed, can be, oh, well, we, we assume this, it's not this. An LE, they can't do that on. So, Tom, I mean, you would agree with that, right, Tom? Oh, 100%, absolutely. And they... The, the quote they're giving you often comes on what is titled a fee worksheet. And if you are, our consumers get a fee worksheet, they can easily tell it's a fee worksheet because at the top it's required under federal law that it say this is an estimate of charges that may occur. However, if you want to get an accurate assessment of what it's going to cost you, get a loan estimate from your lender. Because they know when they're giving you that fee worksheet that they don't have to, they're not held to any a standard. There's no accountability standard when you get a fee worksheet whatsoever. They can tell you the the moon is blue and made of cheese, and that it is. Well, I know, but maybe it's not always blue. But the fact is, they can tell you whatever they want and not be held any of any to any standard of accountability. It's cheddar cheese, by the way. Thank goodness. I actually like Swiss cheese, though, kind of. Yeah, mixed bag. Alan, you're, you're muted. I like peach pie. Peach pie. There you go. With American cheese melted on it, I know. Or is no, that that's apple? apple pie. It's apple pie. Apple pie, no peach. No Again, peach. we digress. Yes, we've, we've chased that rabbit into the hole and, and gone. And um, it's give, giving it apple pie now. <laughs> But what I heard you say is you do not, one, the incentives are not always credible of a value of a buyer, but two, they need to be checked out. And this is the, the only way to really check them out is through a loan estimate. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So we're standing on that. That's taught in, champion in, in the story. I'm not going to enhance that anyway, <laughs> form or fashion. Loan I, estimate. It says LE at the top, loan estimate. Loan estimate. And that really is going to help hold the builders accountable for what they're offering. And is it a true offer or not? Don't assume. I understand you go out with Alan and, and you find something you really like, and Alan helps you negotiate a, a wonderful contract with these incentives, with these updates, 
boy, howdy, he got you that fine appliances and that upgraded master bath and that that extended patio that you always wanted, but always double check it with a loan estimate. Always well, you know, I, I, it's realtors right now are not, I don't think they're doing that. I don't think they're trying to take credit for what's out there. You walk into a builder office, it says they get all that up front. So, you know, I would suggest, you know, to realtors, stay in your lane, be a realtor. Yes. Look at, things that are being upgraded and make sure they get them and make sure it's real. You know, the estimate is a good thing to do. Um, but you know, the other thing is most of these builders and I'm not talking about a million dollar builder that might build a couple homes a month. A lot of the, the bigger builders that are building, you know, the track homes, you walk into their model and it says it in black and white, you know, Here's what you get if you buy with us and you use our title company and you use our lender. And that's, you know, that's not a realtor going, I did such a great job for you getting all this stuff. That's just disingenuous. So, oh, no, I'm not saying that but to make sure they get what they're offered, what they've been incentivized. Right. And, and, it, you know, I occasionally give it examples like that, but it's really when it comes to the financial incentive, we want to clarify that that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes those incentives are not all used and it is a false advertisement. If you're promised 10,000 and you're only paying, get 7,500, that's a $2,500 difference in what they're receiving as an incentive. And they made a decision on that. So that's why we try to stress Hasper and Ellie, ask for some things that you can hold people accountable and, and, that's a challenge in this market because I, you know, we see builders are trying to catch up. They're trying to sell to get, get homes and get buyers. They're just as excited about rates coming down as we are at the end of this year, but there's also opportunities still to buy a good home at a good price and the market will continue because. And I'll add one more thing too, with the, um, you know, when you're dealing with a builder lender, a lot of times you're a number you're dealing with Blair, you're a person. And I'm not saying there's not great builder lenders out there that take care of people. That's not my point. My point is it, I've dealt with people that have done it all. I've dealt with people that will not use a builder lender. First off, everybody, no builder can make you use their lender. It's your choice. So they might offer the, like somebody was saying about a cow and a moon and all that stuff with cheese, but you know, they can't make you do anything. You do what you want to do. And I've had people say, I don't like that builder lender. I'm going to use my lender. I've had other people, you know, do other things. But in general, you know, you're you're caught up with a lot of other people in that same situation with some lenders. And you can't get a phone call in. You can't get an answer timely. And it's frustrating to some people. And I've experienced that with clients. And um, I'm sure Blair has heard feedback like that in his business. So as well. um, anyway, I would just, I would just put that out there too. Uh, money is an important factor, but so is service and understanding exactly what you're buying. And um, if you're a realtor, stay in your lane and let the lenders do the lending. It doesn't hurt to give advice about the estimates and things like that, but we're not the experts. The lenders are the experts. And so let them hash it out. Have your client do that with their lender 
and and go that way. But nobody can make you use a specific lender. Nobody. Good advice. I think awesome. Uh, guys, I, I think we've covered this topic fairly well. Is there any final thoughts to builder incentives, especially financial incentives that we can give advice on? Well, I want to uh, kind of throw in uh, a little bit of additional information with regards to, um, and I'm sorry, my computer keeps asking me if I want it to be smart. And I'm like, no, I don't want it to be smart. You're talking to, <laughs> you're talking to chat GPT. He's doing the chat thing. No, no, I no. Knew he was smart. It's, it's Microsoft Edge coming in and giving me all this crud. Is your middle oh. initials AI? <laughs> that would be more <laughs> but what happens is there are additional things that are builder incentives that also need to be considered with regards to lenders when they look at a builder leaving a car in the garage yada 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 so Upgrades and that type of thing, have an awareness that those are things that can be accounted for. You want to see them generally in the appraisal as far as getting value for those types of things when you do it. But if the builder leaves additional things like washers and dryers, um, refrigerators, that type of thing, which are not installed items, appliance-wise, that those can be construed as additional incentives, and a lender may have to take that into consideration when they're looking at the uh, the appraisal and the appraised price that works out with those things being mentioned in the contract. So there are things that are built in. You get upgraded carpet, you get upgraded flooring, yada, yada, yada. Those are normal finishes, but additional things that are now being thrown in the loop by builders that are being creative. Here, we're going to give you two tickets to Hawaii type situations. God, those, I hate that. Those are way outside the realm of what a lender likes to and would want to be financing for you as your trip to Hawaii because the, the, the builder gave you five, five or $10,000 worth of getaway after you own the home type situation. And yeah, these are times where uh, if I'm a buyer of a house and those incentives are out there like that, where they're trying to offer me so much, I tell borrowers or tell people in my classrooms, get it off the price of the house. I mean, don't pay for a, a trip to Hawaii by financing it for 30 years. That is, that's idiocy. You know, just take it off the cost of my house and let me go and do what I need to go do to get this thing done. But don't try to give me a bunch of incentives of other trash and treasures that you've overpriced or you're you're giving me that I'm ending up having to finance into the price of my house. Good yeah, that deals that goes to the emotion of buying a new home. Very much. Uh, it is. It is such a. I don't know my personal opinion on, I don't like it at all, but it's an emotional thing. And, and when you're dealing with people buying their first home and it's a new one, it can be really something. And anyway, I'm with you, Tom, on that. Very, very good advice. Well, guys, I, I, I hope 
we've helped somebody. I hope somebody's heard. If you don't have, we haven't answered your questions, find us at welcomehomeradio.net. Ask our questions there. Like us on our podcast. Follow us there. Share it. I hope this has helped someone out there when they negotiate their next contract for a new home or a realtor out there to give some solid advice to a buyer. And uh, any any final things? Nada. We covered it. Awesome. Go, go Rangers. Go Rangers. Go Stars. I'm Blair Thomas. And uh, I'm sometimes Tom Holm, but sometimes they just call me the champion. <laughs> And I'm Alan Pace, and I call him Tom AI Home. I'll have go Peach time. Cobbler. No, enjoy your Peach Cobbler for sure. God bless. See y'all. God take care. Bye bye. Welcome Home Radio production provided by Lunatic Digital. Check the listing of this podcast for the links to our sponsors. And don't forget to like, share, and follow us on social media. Visit welcomehomeradio.net for more information. This was a Lunatic Digital production. Visit lunaticdigital.com for all your digital needs.